Chapter Six of Ruth Fielding of the Red Mill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonali Punja. Ruth Fielding of the Red Mill, a Jasper Palo's Secret by Alice B. Emerson. Chapter Six, The Red Mill now my name is helen and you are ruth declared miss cameron when she had carefully started the car once more we are going to be the very best of friends and we might as well begin by telling each other all about ourselves tom and i are twins and he is an awful tease but then boys are he is a good brother generally we live in the first yellow house on the top up among the trees beyond mr potter's mill near enough so that we can run back and forth and see each other just lots ruth found herself warmly drawn towards this vivacious miss nor was she less frank in giving information about herself her old home in darrowtown that she still wore black for her father and that she had been sent by her friends to uncle jabez because he was supposed to be better able to take care of and educate her helen listened very earnestly to the tale but she shook her head at the end of it i don't know she said i don't want to hurt your feelings ruthie but jabez potter isn't liked very well by people in general although i guess he's a good miller he's stingy i must say he isn't given to kind actions and I'm surprised that he should have agreed to take and educate you. Of course he didn't have to. I don't suppose he did have to, Ruth said slowly. And it wasn't as though I couldn't have remained in Darrowtown. But Miss True Petters... Miss True? repeated Helen curiously. Short for Truthful. Her name is Rakelsia Truthful Tomlinson Petters and she's the dearest little old spinster lady much nicer than her name well ejaculated the amazed helen miss true isn't rich indeed she's very poor so are patsy hope's folks patsy is really patricia but that's too long for her and all the other folks that knew me about darrowtown had a hard time to get along and most of them had plenty of children without taking another that wasn't any kin to them concluded ruth who was worldly wise in some things and had seen the harder side of life since she had opened her eyes upon this world but your uncle is said to be a regular miser declared helen earnestly and he's so rough and grim didn't your friends know him i guess they never saw him or heard about him said ruth slowly I'm sure I never did myself. But don't you be afraid, said the other warmly. If he isn't good to you, there are friends enough here to look out for you. I know Dr. Davidson thinks you're very brave, and Daddy will do anything for you that Tom and I ask him to. I'm sure I shall get on nicely with Uncle Jabez, she said. And then there is Aunt Alvira. Oh, yes. There's an old lady who keeps house for Mr. Potter. And she seems kind enough, too, 
but she acts afraid of mr potter i don't blame her he's so grim the automobile wheeling so smoothly over the hard pike just then was mounting a little hill they came over the summit of this and there lying before them was the beautiful slope of farming country down to the very bank of lumano river fenced fields tilled and untilled checkered the slope with here and there a white farmhouse with its group of outbuildings there were no hamlet in sight merely scattered farms the river swollen and yellow with the spring rains swept upon its bosom fence rails hen coops and other flotsam of a spring flood yonder at a crossing part of the bridge had been carried away if the dam at the Minturn goes we shall be flooded all through this low land again helen cameron explained i remember seeing this valley covered with water once during the spring but we live on the shoulder of mount burgoyne and you see even the mill sets on quite high ground ruth's eye had already seen and lingered upon the mill it was a rambling structure the great splashing mill-wheel at the far end the long warehouse in the middle and the dwelling attached to the other end there were barns corn cribs and other outbuildings as well and some little tillable land connected with the mill and all the buildings were vividly painted with red mineral paint trimmed with white so bright and sparkling was the paint that it seemed to have been put on overnight mr potter is considered a good miller said helen again and he does not neglect his property he's not miserly in that way there isn't a picket off the fence or a hinge loose anywhere he isn't at all what you consider a miser must be and look like yet he's always hoarding money and never spends any but indeed i do not tell you this to trouble you ruthie i want you to believe my dear that if you can't stand it at mr potter's you can stand it at mr cameron's and you will be welcome there our mother is dead we talk of her a good deal just as though she were living and had gone on a little journey somewhere and we should see her again soon god took her when tom and i were only a few weeks old but daddy has made himself our playfellow and dear dear friend and there has always been nurse babbitt and mrs murchiston at least mrs murchiston has been with us since we can remember but what daddy says is law and he said this morning that he'd like to have a girl like you come to our house to be company for me it gets lonely for me sometimes you see for tom doesn't want to play with girls much now he's so big perhaps next fall i'll go away to boarding school won't that be fun it will be fun for you i hope helen said ruth with a rather wistful smile i don't know where i shall go to school there is your uncle now exclaimed miss cameron see that man in the old dusty suit ruth had already seen the tall stoop-shouldered figure who looked as though he had been powdered with flour coming down the short path from one of the open doors of the mill to the road where a little one-horse wagon stood he bore a bag of meal or flour on his shoulder which he pitched into the wagon 
The man on the seat was speaking as the automobile came to a stop immediately behind the wagon. Jeffers Peters, if there's one thing you know how to do, it's to take Jay. Let the flower be poor or good. There's little enough of it comes back to the man that raises the wheat. You don't have to bring your wheat here, Jasper Pallow, said the miller in a strong, harsh voice. There is no law compels ye. Yeah, snarled old Pallow. We all know ye, Jake Potter. We know what ye be. Potter turned away. He had not noticed the two girls in the automobile. But now Jasper Pallow saw them. Ho! he cried. Here's somebody else that will learn to now you too. Didn't know you was to have company, did you, Jabe? Here's your niece, Jabe, come to live on you and be an expense to you. And so, chuckling and screwing up his mean, sly face, Pallow drove on, leaving the miller standing with arms akimbo and staring at Ruth who was slowly alighting from the automobile with her bag. Helen squeezed her hand tightly as she got out. Don't forget that we are friends, Ruthie, she whispered. I'm coming by again this afternoon when I drive over to the station for father. If, if anything happens, you'll be out here. Now remember. What could possibly happen to her, Ruth could not imagine. She was not really afraid of Uncle Jabez. She walked directly to him as he stood there staring gloomily in front of the red mill. He was not only tall and stoop-shouldered and very dusty, but his dusty eyebrows almost met over his light blue eyes. He was lantern-jawed, and it did seem as though his dry-shaven lips had never in all his life wrinkled into a smile. His throat was wrinkled and scraggy and his head was plainly very bald on top, for the miller's cap he wore did not entirely cover the bald spot. I am Ruth Fielding from Darrowtown, she said in a voice that she controlled well. I have come to... to live with you, Uncle Jabez. Where was you last night? demanded the miller, without so much as returning her greeting. Was you with them Camerons? I stayed all night with the station master, she said in explanation. What time did you get to the station? Ruth told him. Never once did his voice change or his grim look relax. I mistook the time of the train, he said, without expressing any sorrow. I... I hope you will be glad to have me come, she said. Miss True... You mean that old lady that wrote to me? he asked harshly. Miss True Pettis, she said she thought you would like to have me here, as we are so near related. Not so near related as some, was all he said in reply to this. After a moment, he added, you can go along to the house yonder. Aunt Alvary will show you what to do. Ruth could not have said another word just then, without breaking down and weeping. So she only nodded and turned to walk up a path toward the house door. One thing, urged the old man, before she had gone far. She turned to look at him, and he continued. One thing I want you to understand. 
If you live here, you've got to work. I don't like no laggards around me. She could only nod again, for her heart seemed to be right in her throat, and the sting of tears she wanted to shed but could not almost blinded her as she went on slowly to the house door. End of chapter 6